Hi, I'm Beth Fuller, and you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I know the world can feel intimidating or scary at times, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. Through the lens of food, we can learn so much about one another, celebrate our differences, and maybe eat some tasty food along the way. Are you ready to do this? I know I am. So let's go on a food adventure together right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. Thanks for being here. Today, today's episode eight, we are talking to, she's a goddess. She is a Sri Lankan goddess. The one, the only, Samantha Four from Tuk Tuk Lex. And we're going to be doing things a little bit differently in this episode. So, before we get started, don't take notes. I've taken the notes. Go to my website for all of the show notes, elizabethrfuller.com. Do you have a food question? Send me an email. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. Do you want to work together? Send me an email. Same email address. Do you need some cool food photos? I got you, boo. And if you go on any food adventures, tag me on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. So let's go on a food adventure. Now, I feel extremely lucky and fortunate to call Sam a friend. Her and I met at TT's, that Divey Rock Club in Cambridge, Massachusetts in Central Square many, many, many years ago. I would say maybe 12, no, 15 years ago. I don't know. A lifetime ago. TT's has a huge special place in my heart as it does in anyone who's ever set foot in that rock venue. It was a place where as with a lot of bars and clubs that I worked in over the years that like I found my people. I found people who loved music that guy did, who were creative, who were kind of misfits in our own way. And Sam, you're going to hear me gush over and over again about how much I love her. It's no joke. I absolutely love her. I love the woman she's grown up to be. I'm always inspired by everything she's doing because she does it in the most genuine and just, I, I she does it in the most genuine way possible. And it's like so authentically honest to who she is and the, and like what she projects out in the world. So I know you're going to fall in love with her. I am sure most of you are already in love with her. And one of the things that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about a lot of things, um, but one of the things we're going to talk about is her her experience of when Top Chef came to Kentucky a few years ago. And I just wanted to share a quick story about my only experience with Top Chef. I am a huge Top Chef fanatic, like massive. I've watched every episode from the beginning. I've watched the kids ones, the masters, the dessert one, you name it. I love it. And I've rewatched them. Like that's how much I love Top Chef. So anyway, I they were filming here in Boston back in like 2014. At that time I was working at MIT and it was commencement weekend. And which commencement weekend means you work, you know, it feels like 40 hours in a day. I mean, it was in, it's an insane events weekend at the college. And being in the events industry, I was running events, selling events, you name it, I was doing the event. So one of the last events that I was doing that day, it was a Friday, I accidentally, like, they call them speed racks. It's these big metal um, wheelie racks that, like, you put big, long cookie sheets in it, and then, like, you 
put all your, your mise en place or your food or your whatever goes into the speed racks. And usually they get wrapped up with saran wrap or cellophane. And, and, you know, and then you unwrap it and you take everything out. And at the end of the night, you just kind of throw a bunch of crap in it. Well, I threw a bunch of crap in my speed rack and I was like wheeling it out to the catering truck and it, it hit, it, it hit a, like a dip in the sidewalk and like everything legit just spilled right out of the speed rack. I was covered head to toe in food just covered but it was the last event of the night so I didn't care and I was like you know screw it I'm going home anyway so on my way home I was living in Wakefield at the time and which is uh just north of Boston and there was this huge huge Whole Foods that just opened right down the street for me in this town called Linfield and I'm like all right I'm gonna go and get stuff for dinner I because I'd been working nonstop for so many days in a row no food in the house so I run into Whole Foods And I'm like half awake. I'd been up since like three in the morning, dripping head to toe in food. So I'm walking through Whole Foods and all of the sudden, all of these cameras come rushing at me. And I'm like, oh my God, am I on like ambush makeover right now? Like, is somebody giving me a makeover? Like, oh, is Clint... Or I forget who used to do it, but you know who you know what I'm talking about. They're gonna pop out of the frozen food aisle and be like, "Hi, surprise, Bath, you you're on Extreme Makeover, you know, or whatever." And then I see Padma Lakshmi come bombing down right in front of me in like the cutest overally jean jumper thing with a shopping cart like she's on supermarket sweep and then Gail Simmons comes flying down another aisle and then I like look over and I see Richard Blaze and like cameras are everywhere and I'm like oh my god they're filming Top Chef right in front of me like holy crap holy like I I could be one of the people in the grocery store on Chop Chef right now, but they're probably gonna edit my head out, or at least my body, because I am covered in food. Like I look like I just got into a food fight. And then that's pretty much the end of the story. I wasn't on Top Chef, but I was like inches away from Padma and I really truly thought that I was getting like an ambush makeover with all of the camera crews around me. It was so much fun and I just can't even. But Sam's story is way better than mine. <laughs> And hers, and now the relationship she's built with everybody is like way better than mine. But I just wanted to share that. So honestly, today we're not, I'm not going to answer your questions. Sam's going to answer them. And it's definitely more of like a Q&A conversation. So I apologize if I'm not using your names in the questions. I, it was just the way that the, the interview flowed. Uh, but I thank you so much for all of your questions and your thoughts time that you take and the thoughtfulness that you're putting into them it means a lot and if you guys have any other questions always shoot me an email let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com and without further ado i kind of want to bring on the guest so this gal this gal i'm only going to scratch the surface on all of her awesome but i'm going to try she's hosted padma lakshmi for dinner she's worked with christina tosi for milk bar she was on a chef's life with Vivian Howard. She has a spice collab with Spice Walla. What? She's a writer. She's going to be a cookbook author. She's a powerhouse of amazingness, helping out everyone that she can, working with organizations like the Lee Initiative, who is doing so much just to uplift 
one, everyone dealing with racism in hospitality, helping women get better paying jobs in the kitchen, and really, really, really doing a lot for everyone affected by COVID-19 in the hospitality industry. She's part of Brown in the South, which is a dinner collaborative put on by a handful of chefs in the South that are from Indian and Sri Lankan descent. She works with the Southern Foodways Alliance. She's the one, the only, one of the most amazing people I know, Samantha Four from Tuck Tuck Lex in Lexington, Kentucky. Hey, girl! Hi! TT's Club in the house! I'm so excited to see you. I know right now Sherry's listening and like in tears. She's so excited for this episode. Love, love our Sherry pants. So as everyone knows, because I just kind of gave an intro right before we jumped on, Sam and I fell in love at TT's in Cambridge, which is no longer there. As you do, as you do. And then you, so you did... Your undergrad, because you're, okay, hold on. Let's back this party train up. You're originally from <laughs> Kentucky, correct? Yeah, but I grew up in North Carolina. Right. And then you came up here to do your grad and undergrad in Boston? I went, I came up for my undergrad. I stuck around, so I thought I would do my grad. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I'm still here. Why not? You yeah, know, right. hey, the school's taking people. Let's do this. Right. But uh, <laughs> money to burn, money to burn. Oh God, it's got other people's money to burn. Thank 100%. goodness. Yeah. But um, it's, you know, Boston's just, it's such a huge part of my development as both a, a cook and as a person, just from mm-hmm. the lessons that I've learned, the lessons that I've learned from TTs alone. Oh, I you know, know. Tell me about it. How to throw when you work out. in a nightclub, how to throw somebody out by twisting their ear when they're like three times your size. Totally. <laughs> Totally. I mean, it was, it was such, we had such a good crew between, and we're not going to cry, but between like Jeannie, Brian, Sherry, uncle, Brian, uncle, Brian. Oh my God. <laughs> Bruce, the dance, Bruce pants. Yeah, I mean, Michelle, all of us, we had, Michelle. oh my God, we had so much fun, so much fun. And here we that are. That place was my home. Mine too. For a long time. Yeah. Loved it. And, and I went to shows there before we started working there. I mean, it was. Oh, I mean, they couldn't get rid of me. Jean was finally just like, okay, can you come start working the door? I and I'm like, okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so then you moved back to Kentucky. What was it? 2012-ish? 2012. September of 2012. Um, we decided to, we were only going to be here for a year. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it just started to feel like home. And so you can't really, you can't replace that feeling. It's like the stress that I had in Boston started to melt away and it, Mm -hmm. and it really turned me into a different person, I think. Mm -hmm. And that like, I, I adjust to things and I handle things a lot differently now because I still have that Boston side of like, okay, you need to get this done and get this done fast. Totally. But there's a consideration. What's next? Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a consideration for a deep breath here that I love. So I like to show people what's great about Kentucky. It's, it makes it fun for me because, you know, Kentucky's my home state. I finally came back here and I fell in love with it. And it's such a good place to be based because mm-hmm. I can get anywhere I need to get, but it mm-hmm. also has such a huge abundance of amazing people, amazing ingredients, amazing places to go. Like it's just beautiful here. And so it it's really a, is. And it's Kentucky a different kind of life. influences your food a lot. Yes. Right. Yeah. So 
I think we need to tell everybody since we're going on a Sri Lankan food adventure right now, and we need to educate people on what Sri Lankan food is to begin with, because I feel like, so just so the listeners know, Sri Lanka is, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Sam, an island off the coast of Southern India, right? Correct. Okay. It's about the size of West Virginia. Okay. So it's a very large island then. It's not, we're not talking like a teeny tiny island. We're not talking like maui or something it's yeah sizable exactly so do i would say it feels like a lot of people just lump sri lankan food into indian food air quotes on that and that's they lump the entire region together even i mean even if you look at india there's so many regional differences Mm -hmm. within that one country Mm -hmm. but sri lankan food has so many influences from the trade routes in the past Mm. that it has had more ingredients come through, more like there are places in Sri Lanka where eggplants and tomatoes grow beautifully in the north or in the uh, central part of the country. Mm. But it's it's so affected by the trade routes that it is almost easy to describe it as the love child of the best parts of Thai food and the best parts of Indian food because we use the spices, we use the coconut milk, we find a way to make them together, you meld them together. We have the the bounty of the sea since it's an island. Yeah. And it's it's just so dang good. Like I was thinking about that once with a friend of mine and she was just like, nobody does Sri Lankan food and fine dining. And I said, I don't know why that is because it's it's really good, you know? Yeah. No, and what what are some of the flavors of Sri Lankan food? Like what would be the bigger standout flavors that if you're eating Sri Lankan food that sets it apart from other types? Honestly, I think it's the fact that we put the curry leaf powder into, or we roast curry leaves into our curry powder. And it gives it this like herbaceous sort of earthy nature from the get-go. But then you also have the extremely high zip from the lime. So it's 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 a meeting of, you know, earth and acid. And it's just, you're basically building your perfect bite every time you eat because you have have so many options, right? And so you have like a plate of rice, then you're going to use your rice to pull in however much of everything that you want. And then when you make that perfect bite, that's what I base my dishes off of is Mm. my perfect bites. Me too. No. And I get such bite envy from other people when they order, like food envy. If I'm at a restaurant and someone else just ordered something that I now view is better than mine and I'm watching them eat it, I get so upset. Like it could ruin my day. Like I envy is a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a struggle. It's huge. Struggles real. Struggles real. So what are some of the bigger misconceptions people have then of Sri Lankan food? Like obviously a lot of people just assume it's Indian. Like do people think, oh my God, it's so spicy when it's really more about- I can't do curry. I can't do this. It's going to make me feel sick. My stomach's going to hurt. And I'm like, guys, it's like the Mediterranean version of South Asian foods. You have so many, you have coconut oil, you have turmeric, you have all of these spices that everyone wants to get into. You don't have a lot of saturated and processed things. Yeah. Well, just fish, give it a shot. Right? With fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fish, rice, like the island has 40 something, 60 something odd types of rice alone. Stop it. Yeah. Oh my God. The biodiversity is, is staggering. And there are things that you can get there that you just cannot, there's no way that you would be able to get them here. Oh no. Unless you got it directly from there. You know, there's like a, there's a special kind of uh, palm tree that they get the sap from and they boil it down into treacle and you can't find that palm anywhere else. What's treacle? You got it. So it's like a syrup you put over, you put it over curd or yogurt and it's like breakfast dessert. 
almost like my husband's what we favorite. have is like honey kind of here or maple syrup or something. It's like a smoky, funky honey and it's delicious. Oh. The closest thing I've been able to find is sorghum, which okay. is a naturally like occurring Southern ingredient. But mm-hmm. yeah, I can see why Southern food, it, it like certain flavors do go well, like your tomato pie. I know you put turmeric in it, right? Am I right with that? Mm-hmm. When you make it and like the, t- the turmeric is going to highlight the tomato and balance the acid in it and bring out maybe even a little bit of the earthy sweetness of it. And like, it makes, but you so gotta have the black sense. pepper for the sweetness. Oh, I the love black that. pepper is the source of the sweetness. Nobody realizes. Everyone's like, "Oh, really? it's the tomatoes." I'm like, "It's the black pepper in the crust, <laughs> combined with the sweetness of the onion." Yeah, I am again. I'm I'm gonna end up learning so much on this phone call. I can't even. I can't even. So, <laughs> but you see, that one was just like a total random idea. That tomato pie. Yeah. Was we had just done an interview with Food and Wine for the Brown in the South feature that was supposed to be running a year later. We did this in August of 18. Okay. And in January of 18, they're like, yeah, because my original recipe was like a sorghum custard and sorghum's a little tough to source around the country. Okay. So they're like, we just want to hear some ideas that you have. So I just started riffing and I'm like, these words sound cool together. I'm like roasted because Sri Lankan used to use a roasted curry powder, which is toasted a little bit more to enhance the flavors. Mm. So I said, let's roast the curry powder and put it on the tomatoes and drain them and see how it works. But let's put it on top of cheese toast because that base is the Colombo cheese toast that I was like growing up and eating at, at the bar. <laughs> Yum. Oh, you had Nobody me at hello. Can get mad. Nobody can get mad at a good cheese toast. No, like cheese, any kind of dairy on a piece of carbohydrate. Yes. And then you throw a tomato up in that, like, hello. Exactly. Let's celebrate. And so it's just, it's the perfect base because, you know, you can have like the tanginess of Dukes and the Mm -hmm. spice of the red chili and the serrano. And it just, it makes this really pretty combination. Now, when I was initially making it, I was sitting there like, oh crap, what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) It's like when you BS'd on this, on the term paper. hundred percent. And it's just... No, hundred percent. And so you didn't go to culinary school. You didn't... take that path of like working in restaurants, going to culinary school, doing all of that stuff. How the hell did you even get started cooking? I still wonder how this all happened. Because you, <laughs> so you do this full time now. For the most part. I mean, thanks to COVID, I've been leaning on my tech brown, uh, tech background just a little bit more and mm-hmm. working with the Lee Initiative to do some great nonprofit work in the uh, service industry sector. But it's just... I don't know how it became my full-time job, but it did. I was cooking. So initially I was having people over for brunch and even in Boston, I was having people over to come and eat. And there would be, you know, I had a two bedroom apartment in Boston that would have 40 people in it by the end of the day. And you know that that's not comfortable by any stretch of the imagination. And people were just like hanging out by the stove, like like little squirrels eating meatballs and stuff. And I'm just (laughs) like, guys, really? Like there are plates? There are toothpicks. (laughs) Don't be little squirrels. Go, go. What kind of savagery is this? (laughs) Totally, totally. Oh, I love it. I love it. And so I started, when we moved here, we didn't know a lot of people. And as we were meeting people, I was just like, oh yeah, I like to, you know, I like to cook stuff and I, I like to hang out with people. So let's hang out for brunch. Why don't I cook for you? So the last one of those we did was in February of 2016. 
I invited nine people and 34 people showed up. <gasps> oh my gosh. But what and a way to I, network and like to meet people yeah. because there's no other better vehicle than food to show your love. I think it's the commonalities. I mean, there's so exactly. many common grounds between exactly. all of us with food and everyone's just like, oh, this is good. Oh, this reminds me of this. Oh, this taste reminds me of this. I'm like, it's because they're all related, mm-hmm. you know? Because and we're so all, we are all the same. We are all in the same rigmarole yeah. hamster wheel together. Yes. But um, I, I went to the bar that night and I lamented that, you know, 30 people that I didn't know were at my house and I couldn't figure out what to do. And they were just like, well, we can't, we can't get a food truck to stay here. And I'm like, you have a captive audience. Why is that so difficult? Yeah. Drunk people are hungry. I Always. mean, look at the little, look at the little shawarma joint in Central Square, like three o'clock in the morning, there is a line down the block. It was that, that I still salivate thinking about that shawarma, shawarma palace in Central Square. Shawarma palace. That's shawarma it. palace. Like it yeah. was like the soup Nazi of shawarma. Like you walked in with your head down. He would literally be like, okay, this is what we have. Here you go. Take it. And you leave it's like chicken shawarma, yeah. lamb shawarma. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And like you literally <laughs> would take it outside and like start unwrapping the tinfoil and it would be dripping and you'd be like just salivating. But oh my God, I love Seen that. that and, and hi-fi RIP with oh, the genius steak and cheese. Oh, which is, I think it's now a clover or something, which is I, a direct I, opposite of what hi-fi was, which no, is like you might as well extremely, put a in there. extremely greasy, like oh, disgustingly delightful pizza. college food. Yeah. It oh the yeah. Best. Oh my God. Yeah. I know. At, at three o'clock in the morning, nothing was better. No. Central square has changed a lot, a lot. No, they, that's it's too clean. But anyway, we digress. It's so then, so way. you're at the bar, you're talking to them about not they can't get a food truck, but yet they have drunk people and drunk people yeah. love to eat. Sober people love to eat. People love to eat. People love to eat. And yeah. there was really, it's a kind of a food desert in that neighborhood. So I said, all right, let me look it up. And there was just like, well, let me see how much it would take to start a truck. And a truck was like at least a 50 grand investment that I mm-hmm. did not want to make because if it flopped, I would be stuck with a truck. Right. And so I did research and I found out that you can do temporary food stands in a three-sided tent. Oh, so I bought a canopy tent at Walmart and I started my business. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. And so that's when, when everyone has found me, it was because I was cooking behind a bar in a canopy tent I bought at Walmart. Shut up. Talk about following your <laughs> intuition and like the guidance from the universe being like, no, let's just give you a tent. Just try the tent. Yeah. And you're like, okay, For $572, I made the investment in all of the equipment, the licenses, the training, everything that went into it. And I made my money back the first night. Wow. I and made you've never looked back. The other night. Never looked back. Wow. Because you had, correct me if I'm wrong, you and your husband, Chris, had a, or still have, the website building yeah, right. We have a little boutique web agency. We still have a couple chef clients that we keep on, mm-hmm. but like we're very selective now because neither of us have the time to expand the business. But like when I was in Boston, that was my primary giddy up. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, I get to work with big brands on stuff where they need videos and <sighs> recipes. And it's just like, it's this whole new world that has totally grown out of this little tent it's uh it is i mean i started this almost five years ago and this is what's happened in in four and a half years i mean it's so awe-inspiring and as someone who's (laughs) doing the 
the, the freelance entrepreneur thing myself. I mean, it's, you literally feel like you're jumping out of an airplane and you don't know if the parachute's going to open, but you, you jump have to build a parachute yeah. as you're falling out of the plane. 120%. Mm-hmm. And it's, I am, I love you so much. That's all I'm saying <laughs> about that. I love you so much. So you're really focused on making really good, making the public aware of what Sri Lankan food is, but Mm -hmm. infusing this gorgeous Kentucky Southern, like you mentioned Duke's mayonnaise. I know you probably love crystal hot sauce. Like I do. I know girl. I, I got you. I do. I'm not. (laughs) Do you do those things because one, you just love them or two, are you really trying to make Sri Lankan food more palatable for the people around you? Both. Absolutely both. I honestly, a lot of the Southern dishes are just renamed traditional curries that when people find a common ground, when people find something that they want to try, I try to lower the barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. And as low as I can get that hurdle, once I have them, I have them. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they're only trying the fried chicken or the curry roasted rib or something the first time, but maybe next time they'll get a rice bowl. Maybe next time they'll get this crazy Sri Lankan dessert that they didn't expect to try. Maybe they'll get the shorty that's like deep fried lentils that's just prepped right there, you know? Uh, so we need to talk about what <laughs> makes Sri Lankan food. So, I mean, we, we've already kind of dove into like what makes Sri Lankan food special with the, the curries and the rices and- uh, Spices. The, the spices and the perfect balance. And if I wanted to make something at home, like mm-hmm. on my own Sri Lankan food adventure, where mm-hmm. do I start? Like, where am I, what am I, what is my dish that I'm going to start to make? So if you think of like every, every mother, every grandmother has their recipe book, mm-hmm. every auntie, every grand matriarch has their curry powder recipe and they call it a thunupaha, which means literally three to five, which is three to five ingredients that you'll use as your base to help flavor and determine the direction of your dish. So I look at mine as my Thunapaha, my three to five is always coriander seed, black mustard seed, cumin seed, black pepper, and curry leaves. And I'll toast them up, add maybe a little bit of cinnamon cardamom later. But those five are my, are my go-to bases. And those roasted to different degrees, pretty much make up the building blocks and the foundational flavors of Sri Lankan cuisine. So I'm toasting those up and then I'm putting them in like a mortar and pestle and I'm grinding mm-hmm. them down by hand. And then you're grilling up some, uh, are you sauteing up some onions, some ginger, some garlic, some of your really lovely scented alliums. And then you add in this powder mm-hmm. and a little bit of vinegar and it becomes this beautiful sauce. Mm-hmm. And then you sear your meats in it and then you just let them slow cook in it. Oh. What kind of vinegar um, am I using? Any, any, any. I use lime juice instead of vinegar. So any acid? Mm-hmm. A very good acid will help marry all of those flavors. Oh, okay. And <laughs> this this little combo, because I'm going to put this in the show notes for our, our listeners so they can deep dive on this, as well mm-hmm. as where you recommend, where do you recommend getting your spices from? I go to Indian stores because it's okay. a lot more cost effective. However, lately there have been these like online retailers have been doing really, really great stewardship of who is 
picking their spices, processing their spices. Uh -huh. So I love working with what diaspora has. I mean, their Gunter Sanam chilies are like the best I've had in a long time. Really? Um, burlap and barrel is fantastic. And I like that they're paying farmers properly. So Spicewalla is okay. a really great place. And they are actually going to be carrying my fried chicken seasoning soon. Like Stop on it. a whole. Yeah. Stop it. Okay. Yeah. Can we also talk about what fried chicken seasoning is? Because it's sold <laughs> out immediately. So Sam Sam did it this 400. Collab. Yeah. Sam did a collab with Spice Walla, who's an amazing online spice company. And we will, I know, I know. And you're going to talk <laughs> me with it right now because I couldn't get one because it was sold out. And uh, just, just stop it. Just she's opening it up right now and like <laughs> literally putting it in this. And I put the ingredients on it, you know, like I'm but not does, scared. No, I know, but you're a magic. So it's, it's not. <laughs> The thing is like, you can put those ingredients on there and say, yeah, use cardamom, use this curry leaf, but no, you have the Sam love and unicorn tears in there that make it so effing special. And I'm definitely so, unicorn tears, 100%, definitely. 100%. So what, it, like, what is that? So I started making fried chicken because I wanted a really great crossover dish. Mm -hmm. And everyone associates Kentucky with fried chicken. Everyone loves a good piece of fried food. Mm -hmm. And I maybe went through 16 to 18 different iterations for the buttermilk brine and about six to eight for the coating wow. uh, for the dredge. And what I would do is I lived down the street from a really big bourbon bar. And so I'd fry up a batch. I'd take it to the bourbon bar and then I'd go back and get another batch and bring it to the bourbon bar. And so I do this five or six times. People are like, why is this girl walking in with chicken every five minutes? <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. That's how, you know, bartenders have some of the best palates for picking out different tastes and, and determining what's going to work. So you would pair. have them taste your fried chicken and then you mm -hmm. get back to the drawing board until you perfected it. So once I got the recipe to where I wanted it with the blends of, you know, everything that's in there, mm -hmm. I started serving it. And then the lines came, oh. people were obsessed and it's just like, I'm doing, you know, boneless, skinless chicken thighs, marinated and tossed in a variety of starches. And I was just like, okay, it's going to stay crispy for at least 15 minutes. <gasps> really? We've got 18 minutes on my fried chicken. It's not going to get it. Yeah. It doesn't get floppy. Now, and it's I, not over fried. Yeah. You don't have to, you're not going to share this recipe that I know, but, the, but well, I mean, you put this in buttermilk yeah, and you let it soak for about, you know, we put this fried chicken spice in some buttermilk and you let it hang out for a couple of hours and then you fry it with your choice, throw a little potato starch in there, throw a little corn starch in with your flour. It will make it a little bit crispier. Okay. But like and people just get hooked. I I'm already hooked and I am going to make this fried chicken as soon as humanly possible because once that spice walla collab goes live again and I can buy these, I, well, I'm just going to have to go. Sherry got it. So I'll, Sherry, Sherry, I'm coming over. We're making the fried Sherry. Chicken. You got it. Sherry's got to share. Sherry's got to share. Sherry, Sherry will share. She will Sherry share. will share. <laughs> I'm salivating because you, you and can I can use it. This yeah. is everything that I'd put in a chicken curry. So if you wanted to use this as a chicken curry base, you can. With coconut milk. With coconut milk. So you would just toast up the spices with your onions, your ginger, and your garlic, throw in some chicken, let it, you know, mm -hmm. hang out and be happy, and then let some milk come in or some coconut milk in to help mm -hmm. marry everything together, squeeze some lime over it. You've got a, a very solid chicken curry. 
And what kind of rice am I making? Uh, I like jasmine rice, but mostly I use basmati. Yeah. I like jasmine because it's softer and stickier. Yeah, it's fragrant though. So a lot of people mm -hmm. aren't used to that, the the floral notes that is in jasmine rice. Or it's about basmati. You're saying it's so much more beautiful than I. So what are some of the most like greatest Sri Lankan ingredients that you can get here in the States that we, you know, I mean, beyond the, we've talked about, like, obviously there's a ton of shit that you, that's there that you can't get here. Like it's, but you know what you can get here. You can get like the little tea biscuits and those make for the best desserts because they're not too sweet, not too. What, what like, is it? Tell me more. It's a Mari biscuit. So they have them in India, but now there's a company here that started uh, distributing Sri Lankan spices uh -huh. and foods and it's called Vinco. And so they have lemon puff cookies and Mari biscuits and various and sundry cream crackers that are just like the sort of things that my parents ate and had at tea time when they were growing up are now becoming, you know, now making their way here. But I like to use the really basic building blocks because if you start to look for specialty, it becomes hard to find everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I make sure that I have a really well-stocked spice cabinet or I'll take my spices with me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I'm the one who shows up to the pop-up with like a crate of spices and everyone's just like, what is wrong with this girl? <laughs> no, but it, the other thing that I love, not just, and this is important to talk about too, that you're very conscious of who's getting your, who is sourcing your spices, whose mm -hmm. hands are touching them. Are they being paid fairly? Because right now in India, which is not being talked about nearly enough, their farmers are are trying desperately between the censorship of what's going yeah. on the protests and the, yeah the farmers have been trying to get properly paid so to have a situation where you can be a good steward of your spices to be a good steward of your spice cabinet i think that that's very important mm -hmm. because i try to do things with like the least harm associated Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, and that's one of the things is because I believe that people who work for me should get paid. Well, I believe that if you work for me, you shouldn't have to have a second job. Mm -hmm. Um, unless you want I, to, I, unless there's, unless a, you want to, yeah, interest you want but to it do. shouldn't yeah. be a necessity, right? You know, shouldn't, I shouldn't have to, you know, if you're working full-time with me, I wouldn't want you to have to have another job so you can make ends meet. Right. I want, I want the industry to start going that way. And I feel like starting with the spices, it, it is. Because okay. there's such a huge value on, on the human capital of the hospitality industry 100%. that cannot be replicated. No, and it, we, and being, a, I have been in it for 20 something years and it, it is literally exploiting people and these workers mm -hmm. from line cooks to dishwashers to waitresses to bartenders no one is getting paid a fair wage and the, and people, the abusiveness 100 percent, 100 percent. and there's such a trickle down effect and i love what you're saying about being a even if you feel a lot of times when we talk about these big huge macro issues that it's really hard mm -hmm. to drill down on the microness of it because it's so overwhelming and like right. you get so overwhelmed when you're like oh my god the world's now going to shit i don't know what the hell to do mm -hmm. fuck it you know and instead <laughs> really you know what i mean like there's, there's i mean that's what i end up saying half of the time it's just right? like fuck it let's do it yeah right and like that's how you have to do but there's little steps that you can take like just taking a minute to even look 
on the my website that you and I, I'm going to put the links of where people can get ethically made Perfect. and harvested spices. Just buy them from there. You might pay a tiny bit more, but know your money's going to such a better cause. That and know that you can smell the difference. You I I would, I would challenge anyone to get, you know, the spice swallow starter set and then what's in their pantry and, and compare and, and just realize that there's no comparison to fresh spices. hundred percent. And it really makes a dish. I didn't know this, but dried spices only last about six months in your mm -hmm. cabinet. Whole spices last three to five years. And that's mm -hmm. even on the, I mean, you, you should go through them a lot quicker than that, but it's yeah. like, I literally have to throw away a bunch of crap from my, my own spice drawer. Because I started I, vacuum sealing because I oh, buy in bulk. You? Oh, yeah. that's a good idea. But I, I go through sealer. the diaspora stuff. I go through the diaspora stuff so quick that I, I can't, you know, I, I bought a five pound sack of black peppercorns. <laughs> you know, it's just like. My husband walks in and he's just like, you're holding the sack of peppercorns like a child. I'm like, this is my baby. This is my baby. <laughs> this is my investment. It is my delicious baby. <laughs> and I'm going to make so many people happy with. No, oh, that's man. awesome. That's awesome. Sneak black pepper into everything. But see, like they have tasting notes for their spices. Who does that? It's people who have the faith and the, and the ability to kind of recognize how special it is. Yeah, I agree. So we were just talking about the lemon puff cookies and all of those beautiful things. And you said tea time. What's tea time? Yeah. So is tea time, is that like something that came when England took over India for a hot minute? And so it's a, a it came on down to, it's, a, it's definitely a colonization thing. It is the Sri Lankan and the English uh, connection kind of, it's interesting because like a lot of the old hotels were originally, you know, governor's manses mm, and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But they, they did keep a lot of the traditions between high tea and like how they conduct themselves from the English because mm -hmm. that was like the last ones who were there. Now there's a huge Dutch burger population that also pulls upon their roots as well as a Portuguese influenced population, which is like why there are so many uh, Catholics in Sri Lanka is that, oh. you, know, you have the, the influence from that region. But I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> we were talking about um, the tea time and how the- it's Oh yeah, British so tea. Yes, yeah, so is it like British tea? Is it like the same- Is Sri Lanka, well, most of the Britons, most of Britain's tea back then and now comes from Sri Lanka sweet stop it like the black yeah. tea mm -hmm. black stop tea and green tea a lot of it is from sri lanka i'm yeah. shook england <laughs> give credit where credit is due come on yeah, people a lot i mean they don't have tea plantations in uh in no, london don't. i know that no you're right that's naive of me to you just no, no, no but you i guess because when you go to the uk they had so many colonies yeah, they did. They, they had so many country. colonies, but like you look at the orange picos and the Earl Greys, and I think that you know, especially orange pico is one of the most beautiful teas that you can use because mm. of its light, you know, fruitiness. People don't expect the flavors that you get out of tea. I'm my uncle used tea. to be my uncle used to be a tea taster, and he could pick out like notes of vanilla and like it was wild. He's like, this I one mean, has that's a like a, a wine sommelier. Yeah, he was like yeah. a tea som. Oh my god. I would yeah. love that. 
I like picked his brains as long as I could on that. Seriously, because there's a million kinds of tea out there and like not even mm-hmm. like flavored teas, but like you just said, like orange Pico. I mean, God, how many versions of chai Earl Grey, Irish breakfast, English breakfast, yeah. a million different green afternoon, teas. Yeah. green, sencha, jasmine, peppermint, like. What's your go-to tea? Uh, today I was drinking jasmine green. I normally drink like a Salon Supreme or an English breakfast mm-hmm. with milk and a little bit of sugar. So mm-hmm. I, I still take milk tea. I, I really do like milk tea. Yeah. I do. And like, so like, um, when I'm home, yeah, when I'm home with my parents, I'll make tea time for them. But it always comes with a couple snacks and then like a pot of tea and you do the whole tea service. I still do that. And where are your, yeah. where's home for your parents? Uh, they're in North Carolina. So they're a couple hours away, but I think that they're actually starting to move up here get out of town mm-hmm. that's so, so I, I will have so many sri lankans in kentucky that will get yeah <laughs> okay speaking of sri lankans in kentucky well kentucky in general as you know i am obsessed i mean obsessed with top chef obsessed, obsessed. top chef turned my life upside down tell me and tell everyone about i want to know every juicy detail about it Tell me. me So Top Chef came to Kentucky a couple years ago. There was a big push by the tourism departments to just kind of get them down here to see what makes Kentucky different. And they fell in love with it because Kentucky is just, it's so different from filming anywhere. And the hospitality here will bend over backwards to make anything Mm -hmm. easy for you. Mm -hmm. And I tweeted something at their thing. I was like, oh, hey, Padma, when are you going to come try Sri Lankan food? And Padma Lakshmi texts or tweets me quote tweets me and she's like I would love to have Sri Lankan food and I'm like crap (laughs) and so weeks go on everyone has started this rumor that Padma's coming to the tent and my line started growing about two hours before I'd open (gasps) so when I would get there this is the tent at the bar this is the tent at the bar okay okay so you see someone drive up in a pickup truck pop out a pop-up tent and show enough you know i'm out there setting up heating up oil putting little you know card tables together so i can have my fryers out grabbing coolers upon coolers of food selling out within two hours like it was ridiculous like we were doing sales of and my my entire menu you can buy for less than 30 bucks we were doing sales of over 400 to 500 an hour during top chef out of a tent oh my gosh an hour oh my gosh yeah damn we were busier than some restaurants here. Good for you. So, but that was, you know, that's the Top Chef effect. And then she is very kind and very supportive. Mm-hmm. So she started mentioning me to Food and Wine. The Southern Foodways Alliance had just found me and they came looking for the tent because they heard about the fried chicken. And so I get a phone call to the Tuk Tuk line one night and I never answered it. I used sure. to never You like to voicemail it goes. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a, this is a what area yeah. code? I don't know who you are. Right. But it was a New York area code. So I randomly, I was like, hello. And they're like, hey, are you guys open today? And I'm like, we're a pop-up. We're open tomorrow. And they're like, oh, we're not going to be here tomorrow. And I'm like, who are you? And what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, Padma's hungry. And I just went, oh, and this was after the Rupp Arena challenge where they had had like all the tailgate snacks. Yeah, I remember. So they were in judging. They were in judging while all of this was going on. So Padma <gasps> said to Edward Lee 
after that, well, I'll, let me go back. So Padma said to her assistants that she wanted to get Sri Lankan food. How do I get it? So someone started calling the number off the website and someone texted me who knew one of the lighting guys and like knew one of the bar folks here. And they were just like, Padma's hungry. And I'm like, all right, I will bring something to rub. Just let me know what time to be there. And they're like three hours. And I'm like, okay. okay, I don't have anything in my house. I have cleared out the house in anticipation of shopping for the actual pop-up because I have to have a refrigerator space. Right. Right. And this is when you were nothing. in your old house too. Yeah. And yeah. it's a small house, you know, yeah. it's nothing. I had nothing. And so I ran to the grocery store. Some guy thought I was insane because he thought I was pretending to be on supermarket sweep. <laughs> and like, I was, I have never run so fast in a grocery store. Sure. Like I was just bolting and he's just like, where's the fire? And I'm like, you don't want to mess with me right now. No, no. And so I got home and I'd, I'd already set the rice and like whatever else I had in motion. And then I just got to work. And then, so that they called at six. I got home at 645. At seven o'clock, I get a phone call from Edward Lee. And he's just like, hey, the top chef judges want to eat your food. And I'm like, well, I'm in the process of cooking. What's up? And Padma takes the phone from him. <gasps> and she goes, I want to eat your food. Hi, this is Padma. And I'm like, hi <laughs> you're like i'm making it making it making it I'm, making I'm, it I'm in the process and she's just like she's like well where are you now we'll come to you and i'm like i'm in my house she's like you're in your house and i'm like yeah i'm kind of a pop-up and like i have the kitchen space tomorrow for my pop-up but like i'm home right now cooking for you and i can bring it to rub and she's like no no no, we're coming to you so i turned to my husband and i was just like, you're like we, we have to, to clean start. the fucking bathroom like, yeah <laughs> I was just like, get the, get the vacuum and vac. Cause I have like five animals. You, you've got Noah's Ark of animals. And I, <laughs> and I kid you not, I'm looking out over my living room floor and I see this little fur tumbleweed going across. I have many of them. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, she's coming to my house. What do I do? And, and you're instantly kind of intimidated because this is a woman who's judged some of the best chef's food it's padma i'm obsessed with padma like it's padma padma is a phenomenal human being yeah and she came over and it felt like i was hanging out with an old friend oh i'm so jealous i'm so and jealous we hung out for like an hour and a half two hours and she's like this is so good and she's stirring stuff on my stove and like taking pictures and all this and the next day like my entire social media presence just went buck wild <gasps> because she was just like i had dinner with tuk tuk lex last night this is what i had and then she took all the leftovers i made to the chefs so that they would have the sri lankan food going on and my friend uh, I'm good friends with Sarah Bradley and she's yeah. like that's my friend Sam's food that's my friend Sam's food <laughs> I loved Sarah I love Sarah I mean I'm so glad like Sarah and Kelsey went so far I mean I love they're both Sarah. lovely yeah. lovely people yeah. but I I love Sarah Bradley she can cook she can cook ass off yeah she can party she can Sarah Bradley is just a phenomenon like yeah Totally. She's just a wonderful woman. I'm a huge fan. But, uh, but yeah, Padma has been, ever since then, she was just like, you know, you let me know if I can help. And so like every once in a while, I will shoot her a message and we'll go back and forth a little bit. Or I just recently sent her a care package because yeah, she got a dog. Yeah. And Diva. Her little puppy Diva. Diva. Divina. Divina. <laughs> so Sorry. Is it Divina? I get so, yeah, but I mean, I found the cookie that said Diva. So I was very proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, it, it was awesome. 
but like her her chief of staff anthony and i keep up with each other and, and she's awesome. just been so kind and every time she sees like she knows i'm me and and that means a lot when you're starting out you know when you're when you're starting to make your foray into the food world to have someone of of her stature in the food world to support you without question yeah she's no, really i agree she's really here for the young south asian kids and, and she wants to make it better and it really shows i mean you look at her show she she wants to show these connections yeah i agree yeah. she's an amazing and human she's just she's so much fun she called she talked to my parents like oh my god my dad my dad still like has messages for her and it's hilarious i love it i mean that just means so much and so did you Padma got adopted by my family that day oh, well, <laughs> i can't wait to get adopted by your i'm no Padma, but i can't wait for your family to. Adopt we're a very me. open household love we love it. everybody yeah i'm italian and hungarian bring it up bring it oh, on my in. husband's hungarian Oh my God, get out. My dad, he left, he was in, born in Budapest and left in 56 during the revolution. Oh, I have my man. Hungarian passport. Yeah, I'm a Hungarian citizen. So I can move no to way. the EU. Yeah, let's move to the yeah, EU. Yeah, his, his mother's side is a uh, Hungarian and his father's side, I think is Scotch-Irish oh, or just Scottish. Or yeah, no, I, I, know. I, I, I know that he has Sri Lankan in his bloodline because of 23andMe. I love so he's that. like, I told my mom, I'm like, I married a good Sri Lankan boy. <laughs> he's got like 0.008 percent good enough good enough check for chris check for chris so check for chris uh through the southern food alliance is that how you met vivian howard another huge like fangirl crush i have so southern southern foodways alliance john t edge came to find me and you know i know that there have been a lot of stories about you know John T and the SFA, they have been nothing but kind to me mm -hmm. and they've been nothing but supportive of me and they've never forced me to do anything I haven't wanted to. They haven't leveraged me in a way that I wasn't comfortable with, nothing like that. But John T introduced me to the crew from Brown in the South. Mm -hmm. So Brown in the South is a love child of Marijuana Rani and Vishwesh Bhatt. And it is a collection of South Asian chefs cooking Southern food and using Southern food ways. So we do these benefit dinners that the Nashville one was the first one we did. And that's when food and wine was there. Then we did mm -hmm. Raleigh and we were mm -hmm. in the process of getting Oxford and Lexington sorted out, but it became a family. Mm -hmm. So when Asheville's Chow Chow Festival came around, they said, Hey, uh, Vivian Howard wants to talk about pickles. Would you be down? And I'm like, sure. You know, yeah. I'm just in it for everything. And it didn't occur to me that was that Vivian Howard. Sure. Like, it just, it never occurs to me. No. So <laughs> it's all good. That's why, that's why we love you. And then I met Vivian in the kitchen that day after I'd gotten mic'd up and everything. And I forgot I was mic'd up and started singing house of pain. And Oh God, <laughs> like I can embarrass myself on television without breaking a sweat. <laughs> me, too. me too. I'm with you. 120%. I love it. And Vivian and I just hit it off. I mean, she came in, she was like, it's nice to meet you and all this. I'm like, you're great. You know, let's hang out. And the next day we all went over to Marijuana's house to make pickles together. And she became like the, the new family. Like, I, I talk about family a lot because that's how I treat my friends and my loved ones is I mm -hmm. treat them like family. Mm -hmm. And she became family that day. And she was just like, okay, you know, I want to talk about another kind of pickle. Let's, let's come up to Lexington. And she met my friend Agnes and has been, Vivian is just phenomenal. I, I adore working with her because not only is she insightful, she's extremely smart about the topics that she chooses. She's very respectful mm -hmm. and she's kind. Very kind. She's and very kind. 
important. How she does all of this and made this incredible empire and still raised twins on top of that. I know like mm-hmm. she's got a great system around her and in place with her husband and her, her whole right there. team. I mean, it, it, I mean, yeah. Her crew is probably one of the best outside of Bourdain's crew. Yeah. And in oh. documenting and filming and I had, I mean, we did multiple locations and, you know, that essentially that episode became part of a love letter to Kentucky from me. Yeah. And they let me do that. You know, they, they gave me the freedom to go and take her places and show her what makes Kentucky, Kentucky. So, you know, you end up on your friend's horse farm first thing in the morning. She got to meet all the babies and yeah, yeah we got to go drink bourbon at 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Perfect. But but Vivian's just, she's such a great voice because she's not afraid to step aside and let others talk when they need to, but she can guide and has the authority and the presence to really be such a positive force. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And I think she does an incredible job of highlighting everyone around her in the most beautiful way. I mean, absolutely. Coming from these huge high-end restaurants in New York City where her and her husband met and then coming back Mm -hmm. down south, which I think she felt the same way you did, like it was going to be a hiccup. Like this was just going to be a small moment in time. And then her parents are like, hey, yo, if you stay, we'll help you. We'll we'll back your, we'll financially back you for a hot She was, she was my first filming in my kitchen. Oh, get out. Yeah. That was the first filming in the new kitchen with the blue cabinets is uh, with Vivian. That's so awesome. She loves the cabinets. <laughs> I love your cabinets. Like I am obsessed. With My cabinets cabinet. might need to get their own Instagram account or something because people can are obsessed. I'm obsessed. <laughs> and can we name, does the giraffe have a name? No, it, does, it needs a name. You got to name that giraffe. You know, why don't, why don't we do this? Why don't your podcast listeners help us name the giraffe? Okay. Everybody listening. You, we are naming Sam's giraffe in her kitchen. It's a she, little... She's going to take a picture. modern art giraffe. Yeah, she'll yeah. take a picture of it and then we'll post it on Instagram and let's let's name, name the, the giraffe. giraffe. Let's name the giraffe. I love this. I We got to name the giraffe. I'm so part of the family now. So, you know, we talked about how we met at TT's. And mm-hmm. we just talked about how you were singing House of Pain. What are you jamming out to in the kitchen right now? Because I'm obsessed with parties. Like I still listen to Sharon Jones, who I saw at TT's for the first time. That's the only person I've ever uh, done a shot of Jägermeister with is her and Jeannie. And I'm shivering just thinking of the Jäger. I've never done one since because it's like you can't top that. But um, and also it's gross. (laughs) Um, I listen to. I've been listening. I'm all over the place. I mean, I honestly have the musical taste of like an 80 year old British woman. So awesome. I listen to a lot of the zombies. I listen to a lot of the groups from them, but I also listen to Motown. I listen mm-hmm. to, I'm all over the place. I'm trying to think if there's anything like really recent that I've been listening to that I've liked beyond like the usual, you know, I get very into the pop songs and yeah. whatnot more so than I did when I was there. But, oh no, um, me too. Like I put on my yeah. Apple Music on shuffle on my Alexa, and then she'll probably start playing it now that I just said it. And I would say <laughs> 99% of it is I mean, there's a lot of punk rock, but then there's also this right. huge chunk of any song from RuPaul's Drag Race. And yes, I, like I am obsessed with gay club music. Ob- Same. Same. And if it was on Drag Race, girl, I will be voguing the house down. <laughs> like, bringing on in the 
kitchen. I oh man, yeah, yeah. Like I will be stirring something, and then like CoverGirl come on, and I'm like CoverGirl, put that face in your walk, and like then I'll just start like literally voguing the house down. My poor dog looks at me like, "What are you doing, Mama?" I'm like, Ollie's "Oh man, cool. I had a full yeah. on dance party to uh, never knew love like this before." <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. And then what was the other one the other day? The other day I had Taylor Dane in my head. Oh. So that had to happen. Of like course. I go from Vince Guaraldi to Iggy Pop to Megan the Stallion to Taylor Dane. Love it. I listen to a lot of Dolly and Kenny. I listen to a lot of Porter Wagner. Uh we need to also address why Dolly Parton eats for free. But you know, she knows about that, right? I, I'm sure she's like, <laughs> again, one of the most amazing humans on the planet. Of course she does. Of course. So she, I met, she, I, I met yeah. the Dollywood PR people, uh, when I was doing press for the tomato pie and we hit it off. They were just absolutely lovely because I spent a lot of time in East Tennessee growing up because that's where my mom's friends were. Mm. And there's, they were just like, we're going to tell Dolly about this hashtag. She's going to be tickled to death. And I'm like, don't tickle her to death. <laughs> but I was, I was trying to meet her in March. She was supposed to come up and do an interview here and uh, it didn't work out. COVID. She was going to do it with a local news thing. And I was just like, if you don't call me when Dolly's in the studio, I will not forgive you. hundred percent. 120%. But uh, we'll see. I want I, I somehow, the dream is to have Dolly Parton teaching me her uh, sausage and milk gravy uh, recipe oh. for breakfast because I'm very curious about that. She's okay. I mean, she's a country cook. I know she's amazing. Speaking of what you're excited about, what are you excited about cooking right now in your own kitchen? Oh man, anything. It's almost spring. I'm getting vegetables that are like more in season again. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. I have been doing the deep dive on baking lately. So I've been making a lot of banana breads, a lot of cookies that mm -hmm. have like a little Sri Lankan spin to them because I'm developing a cookbook. Um, and so since I have writer's block on the proposal stage, I just started developing more recipes mm -hmm. so yeah. I can draw upon them and, and be a little bit faster when the actual book process is underway. Well, if you need so, help writing, let me know. Oh, I, I will let you know. I am. <laughs> Between being a, a recipe writer and uh, just writer in general, I'm also a food yeah. photographer. So you just nice. let me know. Yeah, right. Recipe writing is a, it's a daunting task because you have to test a lot. It's ex people have no idea how exhausting it is mm -hmm. to, when you see a food blog and you see that recipe on that food blog, it took weeks Sometimes cookbooks, forget about it, even longer. To the recipes recipe. that I submit for, for magazines are usually due eight months before publication. Easily. And Easily. the amount of testing and retesting, and then God forbid you need to do step-by-step -step photos. I make them do it at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it's, like, either you're going to pay me for it or. Yeah. 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 So. It's, it is, it's a, it is a special skill, patience and just the drive of how can I make this better? And like mm -hmm. the tasting and like, okay, what am I tasting here? Okay. And getting else? everything down to, to quantities when you're used to cooking by feel is very 100%. difficult. Yeah, I agree. Like I started weighing out little teaspoons of stuff so I could make sure like with the fried chicken blend, I got it down to every single component down to the gram. Yeah. 
I know. And the same thing with baking. Like when I'm reading, like I fell in love with Milk Bar and Christine. Nice. Yeah, Tosi, right? Obsessed. I'm obsessed. I texted her today. Okay. Well, you and I are, we're now beyond new best friends. We're soul sisters. You, have you seen the, the Tosi teach me something? Yes. I have. So we had the most fun with ours. Like we were making coconut milk rice and Christina Tosi is such a character, but like now we just text each other dog memes and pictures of our dogs. I am so in love with your life. Like I need <laughs> to be in this circle of awesome. And so I got the milk bar cookbook because I'm in love nice. with her and rightfully making, so she's phenomenal. She's phenomenal. Making her cookies are mind-blowingly amazing compared to just a normal, like the steps that she has you do, you do for a reason. Like mm -hmm. everything is weighed to the gram for a reason. Like baking is not nearly as intuitive as just cooking is. I, I know, I know I'm not the world's greatest baker. I love baking doing is chemistry. It is. And you really need to be able to follow it to a T for the most part. I got another cookbook recently, the 21st century, uh, cafe cookbook from, Ooh. oh yeah, I'll still, <laughs> this is Samin Nosarat. I love you, Samin. This was this was her recommendation. And I think, and I'm gonna say the name wrong, so I'm gonna have to edit myself, but I think it's Michelle Posen is the cookbook author. And the big thing with her is she likes to take a lot of Eastern European recipes and then make them now for today, but using the same methods and, and everything. My God. Her she says right away, you need That's perfection. Yeah, you need to read this recipe more than twice before you even start cooking it. And, and when you, I, I'm not that person. I'm a very intuitive home cook. I love, I'm obsessed with food, always have been. But I, oh, through trial and error of doing, can create wonderful things in my kitchen. But I've had a million fails. I'm sure you have too. I mean, every a fail is just an opportunity to do a little bit better the next time. 120%, but yeah. I like, I have my old recipe book, which unfortunately got lifted by a very jealous chef. Oh no. <laughs> I had, I had taken pictures of it the week before, so I didn't lose anything, but like, I don't know why I was compelled to take pictures of it, but like, if anyone else gets it, it doesn't make any sense because it's built in a way that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. So basically like you're looking at like a Punnett square of, of recipe ingredients with no other direction, but it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. So now somebody has like a book of a bunch of words that they can't use. <laughs> that's but, so, that's so shitty. Eh, yeah. Men are very fragile. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the same thing in the music industry and you know that. No, I do. Yeah. In general. Um, mm -hmm. All right. So you're into baking. What was your mm -hmm. favorite last food adventure that you've had? And it can oh. be, I mean, it can be anything like from takeout to going somewhere where, where oh, was man. it what was it what did you eat tell me it all Birmingham Alabama oh what did we have in Birmingham Alabama I had such a good time in Birmingham Alabama I ate like three dinners one night it was fantastic um so there's this thing where you go out to eat with chefs and they just order everything yes, and they go to the next restaurant and they order everything yes. and so we did this with Highlands Bar and Grill Chefon Fon um, the Frank Stitt owned Italian pizza joint. 
um, Johnny's Homewood Greek and Three, which is like a Greek inspired meat and three joint, which is one of the best places I've been. Atomic Lounge, Post Office Pies. I love what Chef John Hall is doing. Like mm. he did a small oxtail tortellini dish, like just as a teaser. And it was one of the best things I ate that year. Like, honestly, it really was. So I love John Hall. Um, but yeah, Birmingham is like so oddly diverse and you have such solid, solid Southern food, but then you have this like little international sector that has phenomenal Greek food, phenomenal this, phenomenal that. And I ate so much in those three days that I definitely had indigestion, but I also am like raring to go back. <laughs> but I love it. No, and that, I mean, that's exactly what a food adventure is. It's going and eating. It's a marathon. It's not a mm -hmm. sprint. Like no, you no, are no. marathon eating and you're tasting everything and beginning shit feast. And by the end of the night, you're like, I don't know what happened. Where is the Prilosec? I feel like I'm going to explode. Zantac, take me away. Oh, big, big, <laughs> between like popping a Zantac, which is now horrible for you, apparently. And like two times PMs. Yeah, that's what they say. Oh, I know. Sorry. Okay. We can take that out. It's not Zantac. Oh, no, no, sponsor no. Us. We love you. Zantac. We love you. <laughs> Zantac, you're like my instant get out of drunk free card. Like, Big come time. on now. I know a little Lipitor and some Zantac. A little um, Lipitor and Zantac makes the light, makes the world go round. So, how are people going to get a hold of you? What what can we promote? Tell me everything <laughs> that you want to promote and like what's going on and how everyone can get a hold of you and collaborate. And I mean, now it's just kind of keeping up with the uh, the rigmarole with this hamster wheel that I'm on. It's it's wild. I, I am very active on the Instagrams. I'm very active on Facebook and uh, well, less so on Facebook than I am on Twitter, but people can usually find me over social media. And that's how a lot of people have reached out for collaborations. I love doing collaborations. I love doing remote classes. I'm going to start doing some more teaching with Milk Street. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to figure out every opportunity I can during COVID so that when everything is back to normal, I can hopefully hit the ground running and have you know, a cookbook that's fully in development and maybe some sort of media thing that's fully in development. Like I want to explore the world a little bit more and Did I miss it. it. And I'm, I'm very close to having my second COVID shot. So I'm very close to escaping the mainland. <laughs> I'm so jealous. So, and can you tell everyone what your Instagram and, uh, handle everything, is? everything is took, took Lex T U K T U K L E X. Like I took, took a bite. Um, and between the .com and all of the addresses. That's the easiest way to find me. I answer recipe questions. I she sometimes does. do lives. Mm -hmm. um, my friend, one of my friends is a Broadway actor and sometimes we'll get together on Instagram live and, and make stuff together. So it's so awesome. I will link to everything on uh, my website for, to get a hold of Sam. Cause she's amazing. So <laughs> I know you're busy. So I have one more question if you don't mind. Always. Okay. If COVID wasn't a thing, money was no option. Where are you going and what are you eating? Ooh, that's a good question. I am going to France. I'm walking through the Jardin de Luxembourg and I'm going to the little wooden crepe stand that has the best ham and cheese crepe I've ever had. I'm right there with you. My weekender. Yeah. And I'm, I've got my little, I've got my little bag of wine and a baguette just so I can feel, you know, a little bit more in tune, but like I'll get, I'll get baguette and pate and then pick up a crepe or something like that. And oh, 
I miss France. I really, I have been missing France a lot. And I was going to move there initially, like when I was in college, yeah. I was like, all right, we're going to move to France. And then I met a boy and I'm like, mm, I'm not going to move to France anymore. That's how I felt about it. I mean, it, I boy. kept him. I yeah. kept him. You did. No. And he's a key. He's a keeper. He's a keeper. Yeah. You guys and, have I, been... and I love Europe. I do too. We've Let's been together there. for almost 15 years now. That blows my mind. Yeah. Because like he was just starting to come into TTs. I know. When you and I met. I know. And, and we weren't sure about him. We were like, yeah, he's a cute guy. And then look how. But then loved. one night, one night, he and Jeannie got into some sort of discussion. And ever from then, she yeah. loved, loved him. him. And when you're on Jeannie's good side, that's mm-hmm. all that matters. No, I know. That's I know. All that matters. I know. She loved my ex, Alex. Loved him. I know. And she would tell him stories about her llama. She had a llama for a while. Mm-hmm. And God, I mean, I'm, I know that we both miss her terribly, but I, for one woman to have such an impact on so many people, you know, she's, she's not been with us for 10 years, but she's always been with us. 120%. And, you know, 120%. Yeah. And that's, you know, that was one of the unifiers of the TT's family is that, mm. you know, she kept us all together and Yo. somehow now she's still doing it. You I know, know the, <laughs> the music scene in general. I mean, God, I remember her telling me about when Nirvana came in, when she had to pay them out of the ATM, to pay them out of the ATM. And then the (laughs) next day they broke literally nationwide as a band. And like, she's like, there were people sitting on the floor. Yeah. 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 Nobody was there. I know. And then Mary, uh, what was like one of, one of the artists who used to play TTs a lot, got into it with Kurt's wife and the stories that she, I mean, the, the rock education, the venue education, the hard knocks education that you can get in Central Square circa 2000 to 2006, seven, yeah. eight. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty unbeatable. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Well, I am so in love with you. I am so, oh, likewise. so, so grateful that you agreed to do this little podcast and that we are going to continue our beautiful love affair and relationship yes, for a millennia to come. You are my soul sister from another mother and I- Snack sister. Exactly. I am so in love with you. So thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. From it's so nice to be able to reconnect and after not seeing each other for what, like 10, 12 years, yeah. like it's just like picking up where we left off. 100%. It's brilliant. I love you. So, yeah, I will likewise. stay safe. I love you too. Don't- Stay healthy. You too. And I'm coming. Stay well fed. You too. Come to Lexington. Find me. Let's have snacks. Let's have a good time. Well, that just happened. Sam, thank you so much again. From the bottom of my heart, I truly love you. Please check everything out that she's doing at Tuck Tuck Lex on Instagram, her website. I will link everything into the show notes. I will link all of what we talked about, the spice shops, the Lee initiative, check it all out. Be a part of it. Make some beautiful Sri Lankan food. If you do tag us both on Instagram, we need to name her giraffe. So let's do that. And as always, thank you for listening. If you have any questions you need me to answer, let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. Check out my Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. Stay safe, lead with kindness, make some great food together, and I'll see you next week.